praise the Lord. Well, I want to, you know, and it seems like every year I kind of go back to try to get back to the basics uh, uh, at this time of year, especially to go over those things. And, you know, our brother Hagen said, you know, that constantly be feeding yourself in areas of faith and healing, different things of that sort. And so tonight I want to look at the subject of faith just a little bit. Would you go with me to Romans chapter one? Just, just a few things here. And then not only that, but in the area of healing and that, but you know, uh, I thank God. I want to, I want to make this statement to you. I thank God that, uh, for the message of faith that we've been so blessed and that's been part of the mandate of this ministry is to teach that message of faith and to understand it and uh, uh, know how to operate, not just have events of faith, but to live by faith. You understand what I mean when I say that. But thank God that uh, in our day, in these days, there's, there's come a renewal and, a, and an emphasis on the subject of grace. Now, I don't know about you, but if I don't know how you're a faith preacher without being a grace preacher, and I don't know how you're a grace preacher without being a faith preacher, because grace and faith work hand in hand together. Amen. So let's just be strong in both. Amen. Strong in both. And of course, you know, uh, obviously when you overemphasize one at the expense of the other, you can have a tendency to get in a ditch, but just get back in the middle of the in the road, in your lane and drive on the road. How many of you tried to drive in the ditch before? That's not good, right? Usually you're going to have to make a phone call after that, right? Hello, I'm in the ditch, right? There's a phone call coming because you've made, you've got yourself in trouble, but praise the Lord. Here in Romans chapter one, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it. What the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Now notice here that, that it's the power of God to those that believe. And it brings salvation to those that believe. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein, therein what? In that gospel message is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Aren't you glad it didn't say from good works to good works? Now, that doesn't mean we don't live right and do our best and live a holy life. But he didn't say that you get it by holiness. Holiness is a result all right, but from faith to faith, as it is written, the just, those who have been declared righteous shall live by faith. Glory to God. Amen. So the just here shall live. Now, again, this is a statement that's taken from, that's a, a quote from the, the Old Testament in Habakkuk chapter two. It's also mentioned in Galatians and talks about the just shall live. And again, not have events of faith, but live by our faith. You know, I was thinking, uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. I was thinking about this. In fact, I was just, we just began to worship here tonight. And I got to thinking, the thought hit me, you know, because I'll usually give this example when it comes to grace and faith that uh, how many of you have ever gone to an apple orchard or had an apple tree? All right. Now you might've, you might've thought you really did a lot that you planted the tree and you care for that, but you know, really without God, that you wouldn't even know that was an apple tree, first of all. And, and that he provided the dirt. He did it all. The seed, the, apple, the whole thing. So what you, all you do is reach out by faith and, and, and take hold of what, what God or grace has already provided for you. But I was sitting there thinking this, and I, this, I had this, I, I just kind of saw this, that, you know, grace is a lot like, a lot like somebody who went to a, a bank and went and 
found everybody, and everybody at that bank, by the way, had a loan, and they owed money. And they just decided, whether they knew him or not, to pay off everybody's loan. Not only did they do it at that bank, they did it at every bank in the world. Every person in the whole world was affected by the fact this person paid off everything that they owed, every debt they had. It was totally paid off. Now, the only, the only, the only thing that has to be done is they have to go down the bank and accept what's been done for you and sign for it and make it yours. All right? See, it's already been. You didn't have anything to do with it. You just have to go say, yes, I receive it. That's a lot like grace. I mean, regardless of whether you were good or bad, friend of God, well, we're all enemies of God, but regard, he paid it all off through Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He just wiped out the debt. Now, here's the thing. If you don't go accept it, there'll come a day where you'll have to make payment for it and you're not gonna be able to pay it off. If you don't accept what Jesus has done for you, the Bible tells us there'll come a day you'll have to, you'll have to give an account, uh, not, not the, not the, not the judgment seat of Christ. That's for us Christians who give an account for what we did. We're already in heaven. Amen. Amen. But there'll come a day you'll have to give an account. The Bible says when the dead are, are raised, they have to give that account. Well, you have to pay it yourself then. It's too late. I'm so glad. See, that's why we've got to get this message out. That's why Paul said, go out and preach. Be reconciled to God. God's not counting your sin against you. He, he paid for it. Be reconciled to God. You see. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 11, verse 6. I just, I just enjoy, enjoy the subjects of faith and grace, glory to God, and especially how they work together. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, notice here, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Aren't you glad God's a giver? Let's tell your neighbor, my God's a giver. Tell your other neighbor, my God rewards those who seek him. I love that too. Notice this, that that also implies what? God's approachable. You see that? He says, for he who comes to God. Well, that implies that you can, you can come to God. Now, so in this subject of faith, you know, it's, it's important. Brother Hagin said, feed your faith constantly. And I think... Uh, uh, I think that's so important. That's such a good word for us. And we need to learn how to protect and to nurture and to develop and feed and care for the faith that we have and constantly grow in faith and constantly hold on to those things, stir ourselves up in the things that we've been taught because it's easy to let things go. Isn't that right? But stir ourselves up in those things. He's given us his word to do it. He sent the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. He's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help equip us. He's given us men and women anointed of God to exhort us and teach us. And glory to God. There's so many great books. And I mean, in, in this day and age, especially here where we live in the United States, it, you say, well, I, I just can't get the word. Then you have, you're not trying. Right? You know, we're so blessed, we take it for granted. I've been, I've, I've met, I've, I've met and I've done pastor's conferences where not one pastor in the whole place had a Bible. I mean, they're a pastor, they don't even have a Bible. You say, well, what are they preaching? They're preaching whatever they learn at this seminar. I'm telling you, that's what they preach. So you got to make sure you preach the word. And so we've done our best to supply those things, you know, to, they're there, they're available. They just don't have the finances to have them right now. 
I just saw one of our, I'll tell you, give you a good testimony. I just saw one of our, uh, Victor and Eunice Mwangi, who are Raymond graduates over in the Nairobi area. And uh, they, they took a, put a picture of this apartment complex that one of their church members, a woman in their church had built. It's debt-free. Build it debt-free. When she, first, when she first came to their church, she was homeless. But they said this about her. She got a hold of this. She became a, a kind of an extravagant giver. She was just generous all the time, even though she didn't have much. But little by little by little, that now she owns this apartment complex. I think it said they had 40 units, if I'm not mistaken. 40 units. She paid for it debt-free, and now she's ready to rent it out. She's a tither. She's a giver. But she did that by learning the principles of God and just acting on it. Amen. See, it doesn't, that's one thing I love about the Word of God. It works no matter where you live. If, if what I'm preaching doesn't work every place in the world, then I'm not preaching the Bible. Amen. All right. Look at Mark chapter 5. Now, one of the things about, that we see about the subject of faith is that faith works for whosoever. Everybody say, Whosoever. I call it, I don't know that it is, but in trying to, maybe in trying to uh, emphasize it a little bit, maybe more than I should, but in in doing it, I I just feel like the Lord uh, uh, gave me the phrase, and maybe someone else said it before me, but it it latched on with me, the law of the whosoever. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about an Old Testament law, but I'm talking about a principle of the whosoever. And God doesn't violate that whosoever principle. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Who, Jesus, the, uh, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever or whoever, whatever you're going to, whatever translation you're going to read. But there's, there's a principle there. And so here, I want to look at just a few, few scriptures here, a few incidents of people who in the ministry of Jesus received from that anointing and that healing power that was upon him, but he didn't mention his power. He mentioned their faith. So that's our common trait that we're going to look at. Now here in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and usually I would stop and make a lot of comments, but I'm not on this. All right? I'm going to read down to our, our verse. But verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, King James says virtue, it's the word dunamis, power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? In other words, everybody's touching you, Lord. How can you ask who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. So that's how we know, that's how, that's how we got the story from verse 25 to this place. She came and told. Verse 34. And he said unto her daughter, thy faith or your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now notice, he didn't say my faith makes you whole. He didn't say our faith corporately made you whole, even though there is a corporate, a corporate faith that is a blessing to people and helps people believe. But he didn't say that. He said your faith has made you whole. 
Now, you know, we've been taught here, of course, that, the, that uh, uh, if her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. God's no respecter of persons. If she can have faith in God, you can have faith in God. Okay? And so he said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Now, these aren't new things to us, but I, I found this that I, gotta, I have to personally stir myself up constantly. Because I've, I've, I've got to, you know, I, I think if, if anything, and, you know, I, I don't have any direction from the Lord for 2016 that rhymes. You know, because you realize in other languages that doesn't even make sense anyway. But I do know this. I hear the Lord saying this. Quit letting life happen to you and make life happen. And I know the key to that is to learn, is to operate in faith. Not just say, I know life, the storms of life come to everybody. But, but the person had been, pro, had been proactive and had built their house on the rock so that the storm didn't affect them. You see. And so we want, to be, we want to be those people that the storm, we live above the storm. Now here, uh, this is Matthew's account of, of just after this woman's healed. Look at verse 27, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this. And they said, yes, Lord. Now notice, he asked them specifically, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now he didn't ask them, did you believe I'm willing? He asked them, do you believe I'm able? See, because you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Willing is the rewarder. Able is the is. He is the healer here, see. And he touched their eyes and said, notice this, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, he didn't say according to my anointing. He didn't say according to the healing power that's upon me, according to the Spirit of God that's on me, according to my faith. He said, it's according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus charged them, saying, see that no man knows it, but they went about and spread it all over, (laughs) like most of us would, right? Matthew chapter 15. So we're we're seeing here a, a theme, hopefully, that you're seeing this. Here we have the account of the woman the, the, uh, uh, of Canaan, a Syrophoenician, another place she's called, who just had enough tenacity to get what she needed. And here in verse 22 of Matthew 15, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now it's interesting here. She's not, she's not of the house of Israel. And so for her to cry out, son of David, I think she's heard something. I think she's heard a story or something that these, somebody had done that before, because that's not her natural, uh, for it's not natural for her to have called him the son of David. But he answered her not. And the disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she cries after us. And he answered, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, we know in his earthly ministry on the earth that he did minister to the lost sheep of the house. He ministered to Israel. 
But then again, we know then, afterwards, that he sent his disciples. He sent them everywhere. What he did at the cross, this is, now what he did at the cross was for everyone. But while he was on earth, he ministered primarily to the Jewish people. All right. Then she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it's not right or meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. That's pretty rough there. And she said, that's true, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that hour. Now, that's interesting. I've heard people say, well, you just can't tell God. You just can't believe whatever you want to believe. And then God does it. Well, here this woman believed. She wasn't in covenant with God. She believed. And he said, it's whatever you, it's according to your faith. You've got great faith and it's going to be whatever you want is going to happen. Now, we know what she wanted was in line with what his will is. I mean, don't, you can't go stand in the garage and call yourself a car and believe you're a car. You're not going to be a car. You're a person. You understand what I mean? All right. Look at Mark chapter 10. This is the story of Bartimaeus here. I hesitate to call him blind Bartimaeus because he's not blind any longer. But here Bartimaeus comes to Jesus. Verse 46 of Mark 10. Again, not, these are not new things, but they are things that we need to remind ourselves of over and over again. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried a great deal more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be a good comfort, rise, he calls you. You know, the same people that were basically telling him, shut up, you're bothering us, said, come on, he wants you now, praise the Lord. We're on your side, have been the whole way, brother, we're for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Verse 50, and he, he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, that's a, there's, a, there's an action of faith there. All right, casting away his garment. Well, that, that garment represented, that was his, basically his license that proved that he was blind and that he had a right and had been checked out. He had the right to beg. He was he'd become a professional beggar, if you will. And that was his license to do that. But he cast that away. Say, you can see, I'm not going to need this any longer. I'm not going to beg anymore. Now that tells me one thing. I will say this. Don't don't receive from God and go back into the same life you were before. See, he's about ready to get set free from begging for the rest of his life. He said, I'm not going back there. I'm going to cast this garment away. Why? Because he, he, what did he know? He didn't qualify any longer because he could see. after He knew, I'm going to be able to see after this. I don't qualify as a blind beggar any longer. Hallelujah. You don't qualify as a sinner any longer. Quit acting like it. Jesus has requalified you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Act like that. All right, look what happened here. And Jesus answered and said, what will you that I should do unto you? Now, that's kind of an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, probably pretty obvious he was blind. 
I want you to notice something here. And this brings out an aspect that, that, that a lot of times faith, you know, now we're talking about living by faith, but one aspect of faith, there are very, very many times that you have to become specific. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Specific. What do you want me to do for you? He said, the blind man said that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. One more here, Luke 17. One more here from the the ministry of Jesus here. Luke chapter 17. We'll begin in verse 12. This is the story of the 10 who were lepers who came to Jesus. And uh, he, he... ministered to them, but one man came back and he makes an interesting statement to him. Verse 12, 17, 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices, excuse me, and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, the, the act of going to show themselves, if you go back in Leviticus and you read, to go show, for the leper to go show themselves to the priest was to show, was to, for him to certify they'd been cleansed. So this is a, a, ste- a step of faith that Jesus asked them to take. Go show yourself. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Here again. Uh, someone who's not, well, Samaritans were uh, Jewish to an extent. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, it says he uses a different word here, whole, which kind of, you know, if you read it, and of course, you, you know, we're not told exactly, but I think it infers to us that what the leprosy has done, he just wasn't cleansed from his leprosy. He'd been totally restored from what leprosy had done to him. And he said, your faith. Now here in these instances, and there are about 19 instances in the New Testament, in the ministry of Jesus, where Jesus ministers to individuals, or here in this case, this one of the 10. And in 12 of those cases, it, 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 shows, it really shows us that it was their faith. Their faith is mentioned very, very much. And so uh, we need to understand this, that yes, God, God has a desire, but it's going to take the cooperation of our faith together with the grace of God. Now go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now none of those folks who came to Jesus could heal themselves, Right? They had to receive it from Jesus. They didn't have the power to heal themselves. And so we know that his power was involved because of Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was anointed with that healing power. When that woman reached out and took hold of his garment in Mark chapter 5, that power went out of him into her, went out of that cloth into her, into her. Yet others were touching, but they didn't receive anything. Why? They didn't reach in faith. They didn't activate what, what was already provided for them. 
Okay, now here in Ephesians chapter 2, and boy, you just, you almost have to go back to Genesis 1-1 to read this. So let's just jump to verse 8, okay? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And the word saved here, sozo, is also translated, the same word translated, your faith has made you whole. Same word, whole, saved. It means to be made well, to be healed, to be com- made complete. Schofield in his note on Romans chapter 1 where it says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. He said that word salvation, the Hebrew and Greek words for salvation and saved are the all-inclusive words of the gospel. Gathering into themselves all the redemptive acts of the Lord Jesus Christ including salvation, healing, deliverance, preservation, safety, soundness. Hallelujah. For by grace are you kept safe through faith. That not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Well, what's not of it? What's not of me? The grace, the faith, the saving. Yes. God's the author of all of it. For how, because how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Whose word? God's word. Whose idea was faith? God's idea. You see? And so it's all, it all comes from it. Not of works lest we should boast. Amen. For by grace are you healed through faith. Now, we don't get any indication or something, you know, when you went to, when you went and you called on the name of the Lord or you, you, you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confessed your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Did you have to confess it 185 times or 4,122 or whatever? But, you know, we, we kind of got this idea with healing now because we heard testimonies, people gave testimonies, that they just kept confessing it. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, she kept on saying. But there's never an indication of how many times she said it. Why? It's not about how many times you say it. You, you receive, when you believe and you say it, it's yours. Amen. So in healing, you know, we, you know, it, there's no indication. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, faith is a lot more than confession, even though it's involved with it. So what is faith? Let's end with that tonight. Hebrews 11. What is faith? Praise the Lord. I don't, know, I don't know about any of my other brothers and sisters in here that are preachers and graduates of Raymond, but I don't know something. When I start talking about faith, it just kind of, I don't know. It's just something. And talking about, you know, what Jesus has, has done for us and then how to, how to access it. See, I, don't, I don't think anybody, I don't want anybody to leave any of it un, unused, if you know what I mean. If he paid for it, use it. Have it. Glory to God. Live in it. (laughs) Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith. Everybody say now faith. There's one aspect of faith. It's not future. It's not past. It's right now. Now faith. You remember when Moses asked God, now God, I'm going to go tell these people this, but uh, if they ask me what your name is, what should I tell them? And he said, tell them I am that I am. Now, here's the thing about that name. It's always present tense. 
Every time you say I am, it just updated itself. It's right now. I am. When I am. You don't have to. That's why he's the same yesterday, today, and forever because he's always in the right now. Wherever God is, it's now. You ever thought about that? That's why faith is now. Now I realize, you know, that's kind of playing with that word a little bit, but it, it is the point there. Now faith is. It, not, it wasn't was or will be. It is right now. The substance. Now I've got a little note in my Bible. Uh, it looks here and I go down here and it says, instead of substance, it says it could be it, the word ground or confidence of things hope for. Now let's talk about hope just a moment because in, in order to understand faith, we need to know what hope is because hope, faith is the substance, the grounds, or the confidence of the things we hope for. Now Bible hope is not a wish. Bible hope is to expect confidently with joy. To expect. Now expect is future, right? So we can see there that faith takes what we expect, confidently expect, and brings it from the future to the now. It's mine now. Confidently expect. How many of you have ever, ever been in on a building project where you actually got to see the blueprint before anything was ever, ever built? All right. Have you ever seen a blueprint? That is what we confidently expect to build. But before you have the building, all right, before the building is now, there it is, then there's several steps of faith that have to be taken. Someone from the blueprint has to, you probably, you know, you're going to hire a contractor. It's a step of faith. You're going to, you're going to purchase the materials based on a blueprint. You're going to make arrangements and then you're going to actually start building. See, each one of those things is a step of faith. You're acting on what you confidently expect. And when you get done, hopefully in building, <laughs> you built what the blueprint said, if you follow the blueprint. Amen? Amen? God has given us his word. It is the blueprint of what he confidently expects for us. How do we make it ours now? Through faith. Through faith. Now, in saying that, notice, for by grace... Are you saved through faith? Now, we got ourselves, I think, in, a, in the quote-unquote faith movement, we got ourselves in trouble because we kept magnifying our faith so much, we almost threw our, our shoulders out of place, patting ourselves on our back because of our faith. And you hear testimonies, well, you know, I just used my faith, and, you know, what about God's grace? What about God? You never mentioned God. All you talked about was you. And so we confuse people who hadn't learned what we had learned up to that point. Because people would say, oh, yeah, 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 of course, God. Well, you didn't mention God. Amen. So <laughs> faith is the substance, the confidence, the ground of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That material that you go by, it, it begins to give what you hope for substance. Faith is the substance of that. It's building what God said in his word. 
Now you read, you read in your Bible, by, you know, first Peter two, by Jesus stripes, you were healed. And you read that in the word of God. And so you start looking at your life. All right. What, what is the blueprint? What is the, what are you confidently expecting and hoping for with joy? A healed body. Pain-free, functioning well, healed. Whatever your situation is, healed. That's your confident expectation. All right, now part of this process is to take that word and meditate upon that word. I heard a, I heard a, a, a minister one time say, he said he was studying this out and he asked the Lord, Lord, how do I, what do you mean by that? How can I, and he said he heard this on the inside, just, just real, you know, that voice of God that you have on every one of us has on the inside that God speaks to us. And he said, the Lord said, ask yourself this question. If this was true in my life right now, how would my life be different? If by Jesus Christ you were healed right now, how would your life be different than it is right now? Okay. And then as you begin to see that, that paints that picture that blueprints you of, well, I guess I'm not going to be going every month and getting that prescription. Now, listen, don't stop taking your medicine until the doctor tells you. You understand that? Thank God for doctors. Kept us alive while we're learning how to use faith, right? But you understand what I mean by that? Start, start seeing yourself as the healed. Because you know you're the healed. You know that, right? John 10, 10, Jesus makes an interesting statement. Let's end with it. He said this, the thief comes, but for, or only the reason the thief comes is to steal, kill, and destroy. So think about this. Through what Jesus has done, through his, through his finished work at the cross, not just the cross, but his burial, his, de- his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension to seating at the right hand of God. It's all part of the plan of redemption. All right, plus his virgin birth and sinless life. But through what he's done, we know the Bible says by his stripes that he bore for us on the tree, we are healed, right? We are. Well, that belongs to you. It's yours. Now, Satan is a thief. So you think about the difference. Here's a, it's just a different mindset. I realize this, but it's helped me immensely. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed. Satan's trying to steal my healing because he's a thief. All right. Well, then I'm the blessed. I'm not the curse trying to be blessed. I'm the blessed. The devil's trying to steal my blessing. Well, now, see, now you know why it's important to understand who we are in Christ and the authority that we have. No, you don't, devil. In the name of Jesus. You get out of here and take that sickness with you or take the, you know, sniffle with you or whatever it is. You know, but sometimes, you know, hey, sometimes it's nice. Sometimes, you know, you feel like I deserve, you know, I deserve. I'm just going to put my PJs on. I'm not going to work today. You know, I don't care. I'll blow my nose every once in a while. I don't care. I deserve this time off. The devil loves to get us in a place of non-resistance. Because when he does that, no. Any of you ever ra- raised around? Now we, you, how many of you, how many of you, how many of you call them pigs? How many of you call them hogs? There's a difference between a hog and a pig, really. 
A hog is kind of, they're dirt, you know, they, they, you know, you can raise pigs, little pigs in a, on a cement floor and really nice and grow them up, you know, and ship them out. But a hog, you know, a hog is fun to ride. I mean, if you, I don't know if you ever, if you, any of you ever ridden a hog? I've ridden hogs before, okay? My cousin and I, we go out and we jump in that pit. Now, we never, now, you don't ever, ever, ever come between an old sow, that's a mama pig, and her piglets. Never, ever, ever. That's, that's the start of something big you can't finish, all right, there. <laughs> But, you know, if that old, that old muddy hog came out of the pig pen and started coming into your house, now you wouldn't just say, now, little piggy, get on out of here, honey. You can't be in the house. No, you would kill that pig with a broomstick if you could to get it out. I mean, get out of here. You'd raise your voice and you'd speak with authority, right? Well, that's what we got to do with the devil. We can't let him bring his filth into our life. Amen? We can't let him bring, listen, we are, we are saints of God. We are holy. We can't let him bring the sin of this world into our life. We've got to resist it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We can go on from there. It's time for us to stop. Amen? Let's all stand together, if you would, please. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Thank God for his word. Thank God that by his grace he has saved you. Hallelujah. He's healed you. He's delivered you. He's preserved you in times. He's kept you safe in times of trouble. Glory to God. A thousand may fall on your right hand, 10,000 up, but he's kept you safe all the time. Hallelujah. No evil shall befall you. No plague come nigh your dwelling because of his grace. Hallelujah. And we access it all because of faith that he's taught us. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. Well, praise the Lord. Our prayer team's coming right now. If you need prayer for anything, these folks, these men, these ladies, they are, taught, they are taught and trained here by the ministry to pray with you according to the Word of God, and they'll do that because the Word of God is what brings results. That's what God has given us, hallelujah, to do that. And so ladies, come up to the ladies, men to the men, if you need prayer for anything. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, don't leave here. Don't leave here without knowing Him. Hallelujah. Come, come talk to one of them. They'll lead you to a relationship with God with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For our connection team, Brother Marvin, do we have a few folks? Connection team, if you would find our first time guests, we've got a special gift for you. Not going to take you very long at all. They just want to take you and give you that gift on behalf, on, on our behalf, uh, on behalf of Pastor Mrs. Hagen from Raymond Bible Church. We want you to have that. Hey, come back and visit us. Come back and hear our great pastors uh, minister the word of God. Amen. Gentlemen, everything, ladies, we're good. Over here, everything's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I just thought, I don't say this to embarrass her, but, you know, I thank God for my wife, and she loves me, loves me so much. You know, we're sitting there right before service, and the thing that I care about the least, she cares about the most for me. She goes, now brush, your, brush yourself off because you had a little bit on you, you know. She didn't say, go out there and really preach a good sermon. You know, you can do it. It was, now brush yourself off. Because, <laughs> why? Because I don't care anything. Oh, you know, oh, there's food there. I would point it out, you know. And if I'm not, if it looks good, I might eat it off of myself too, you know, because I just don't care. But she loves me so much. She cares for me. Hallelujah. Thank God. I hope all of you someday find a spouse as good as that. Amen. Hope yours is as good as she is to me. Amen. God bless you. Tell, tell two or three people tonight you love them. You're glad they're here. And we'll see you back on Wednesday night, Hour of Power.